The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the virtual CISO moment. We've got Joe Dixon with us. He's with Halcyon. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I had a good weekend. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. So I'd like to hear a little bit about your past. I know that you've got a very interesting path and relatively new to cybersecurity. Of course, everybody's relatively new to me because I've been doing this for like, you know, decades. But uh, if you could, if you could just like start from the beginning and let us know um, where you started and where you're at today. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so in, in high school, when I was, when I was graduating high school, I didn't really know where I wanted to go. I wanted to play pro soccer, but it, it didn't end up panning out the way that I wanted it to. So I ended up joining the Marine Corps um, and tested well. I actually studied for a test that you don't, there's no resources to study for. I found somebody who did. So I was able to score better than probably I deserved. Um, and then I qualified to, to take a test to see if I was going to become a crypto linguist. Um, and it basically just tests your language acquisition uh, capabilities and tested well on that. Found another book I could study and um, was placed in an Arabic, um, Arabic position where they sent me out to California, taught me Arabic. And I worked for about two and some change years um, at an NSA site in Georgia called Fort Gordon, mm-hmm. where I was, I was doing... Um, language analysis um, for for the NSA site. And that's kind of the first time that I bumped elbows with anybody in the cybersecurity field. I didn't really know much about it, um, but they were, they were in shops adjacent to us and they were, it, it baffled me because they were all making up more jobs for them to do. And then they were getting paid for those jobs that they were making up. And I couldn't really understand it at the time, but as I've started to get into the industry, I've noticed people there's so many problems that haven't been solved or aren't recognized yet. Um, that's, it, it really attracted me watching them do that and being excited about what they were doing. Um, so that was, I, I did the language analysis for two and a half years, did that with the, the Marine Corps stuff as well. Um, kind of found my passion. So something that you and I had talked about, which was martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you know who Conor McGregor is? Oh gosh, yeah, of course. I can't. I'm not even going to try to imitate his accent, though. I know some people can do it really well. I can't. I can't either. So we'll just we'll just leave that where it is. Um, he, I'm I'm attracted. I, I love. Most people are attracted to greatness. I think that's why you have icons like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. Uh, Conor McGregor was that for me, and I was like, mm-hmm. I really want to try this MMA stuff. So I took my first um, fight. It was a Muay Thai fight, which is kickboxing with knees and elbows. Um, fell in love with it and decided, Hey, I'm not going to work at the NSA anymore. There's no windows in those buildings and they time you for however long you're gone for the bathroom. I was like, this isn't for me. So I got (laughs) out, took a couple MMA fights and, um, I ended up getting, um, acquainted with a gentleman who has a sales company, but he also has a friend who runs MSSP. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, I helped him with MMA and he's like, oh, you're like, you're a pretty good dude. Um, are you looking for a job? And I was like, kind of, not really. I'm trying to pursue MMA, but amateur MMA does not pay anything. So yeah. Well, that's I'm what like, I call it amateur, I guess. So. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. 
Um, yeah. And even professionals don't make that much. It's, it's whether you mm-hmm. can get businesses to sponsor you, but he, right. he got me there and I started working, um, in, in sales and, and also operations for this small MSSP. Um, I was really attracted to the cybersecurity side. Um, the, the CEO of the company, Eddie had an extensive cybersecurity background, but he had his MSP built out for it first and he was adding on cybersec. So I got to sit in on the process of him evaluating tools and evaluating solutions to add to really provide value. And I, I was very attracted to that. Mm-hmm. Um, my, we ended up, we ended up wanting something, me and my, my colleague, Max, we, we became friends over there and we ended up wanting something that was a little bit more remote. Gas is astronomically high right now. So we are spending $150, $200 a week in gas. Yeah. And, uh, he he found Halcyon, which is a, a new a new cybersecurity company uh, in the ransomware space. He he hired on, and then he passed a good word. And they weren't going to hire. I don't think they were going to hire any more BDRs at the time. Maybe maybe I was the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I talked with the guys. I loved their energy and their attitude, and um, they reciprocated that appreciation for me. And that's how I ended up here. So tell me a little bit about uh, Halcyon. Um, usually at this point in time, I, I will ask this the stock question of like, well, what do you think is the most significant threat to small and mid-sized businesses? But given what Halcyon does with regards to ransomware, I think I already know the answer to that question. So I, yeah. I've seen a little bit on the, on, the, on the website. We haven't had a chance yet with our schedules. I know we've tried to kind of hook up to do a little demo of it. I would have liked to have done the demo before this to have a little bit more knowledge, but I did check some on the website. Yeah. But then again, a lot of people watching this probably haven't had the demo too. So can you give us a little bit of, of, of information on what Halcyon does and what kind of differentiates it in the ransomware mitigation industry? Of course. And yeah, to answer your, or address your statement earlier, I'm obviously biased. Like I think ransomware, I'm not necessarily in an echo chamber, but pretty close with mm-hmm. ransomware being a, a, a top priority. Um, so we're an endpoint resilience agent and we're, we're taking a different approach to addressing ransomware. That's all we do is we focus on ransomware and how to coexist with uh, your next gen AV and your EDRs to really focus on ransomware and, and add that value where, you know, your CrowdStrikes or your Microsofts, they have an umbrella of things that they cover mm-hmm. um, and they're very good with malware. We, we coexist with them and pick up the slack where ransomware may be missed and is still being missed today, as we see in the news all the time. Um, high level things. Um, we obviously have a pre-execution. We have some deception and anti-detonation capabilities as well as like next gen behavior, but our really bread and butter, um, John Miller and Ryan Smith, who are our founders, uh, spent the last six years working alongside the government, creating offensive cyber weapons. And they got very good at that. Um, and then when, what we call the watershed moment for ransomware, or at least in our opinion, was the colonial pipeline breach. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever they were looking at the, the catastrophic impact and they started reading into it, they were like, we think we can make a difference here. And we have, we have all these things, um, but we started with them, especially being in that space. They said, hey, we're going to assume everybody can get past any barrier that we put in, our, in their place. Enough time and money, anybody can solve it. So what we're going to do, we're confident in our first part, but we're going to start with isolation and resiliency to, at the end of the day, everything else fails. We still protect business. We still protect livelihoods. And we're doing that through firewalling off endpoints, um, protecting the VSS. But kind of the thing that makes this interesting and uh, excites people is we're, 
I, I don't want to say we, because I don't know how it works, but they are using man in the middle attack methods mm-hmm. to capture the symmetric encryption keys and give those back to our clients. So essentially they're not having to worry about paying a ransom because they'd be paying for those keys. Now we have them for them. We build a decryptor or we have an existing decryptor, give them that back. And now they have their data again. Oh, um, okay. So, so, so to kind of distill it down, if someone did click on, on a ransomware link and their, their computer starts to encrypt, you don't even have to rely upon paying the ransom to get the key back. Cause you've, you've already captured it is what you're saying. Exactly. That's a exactly. good approach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, it makes people very, it makes them raise their eyebrows and maybe for somebody talking with me they're like i don't i don't want to hear what you have to say i say something like that there there's two things they're either i want to see this or they're like this sounds like bs i want to show you why it's wrong or why what how we're gonna how it's not gonna work um and then the one other thing that we have in that final step that we built out is it started off as something called deletion delay where we essentially just delayed the deletion of things in case we saw anomalous behavior 10,000 files being deleted. But what it's turned into as as our capabilities have grown in this is a rewind function or a self-healing function. And at that point, once we've stopped the ransomware and once we've eliminated it and and updated our machine learning, again, I don't know how it works. Maybe you you would more. Um, We do meetings every week for them to explain to dummies like me what this, how this is working. (laughs) Uh, I've, I've kind of lost my technical edge. I remember joking that, that, that they took away my red button privilege about 15 years ago. So I can't like restart a firewall or anything. That, and it's probably the best thing that they took that away from me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm on the front end of that. So maybe one day I'll get their red button privileges, but. Um, well, right good luck now, with I'm it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and essentially what they're doing is they're rewinding process, through process and memory, um, just rewinding everything that was done up until the moment that ransomware was introduced. So it's not a backup or it's not a rollback. It is actually rewinding everything and undoing it just like that. Um, Bet you that the, uh, um, and this isn't ransomware related, but just as far as backup and rewinding, I bet that the, uh, I don't know if you heard about the Rogers incident uh, over the weekend uh, or last Friday where a big provider in Canada, they made a, a, a uh, network uh, configuration change and uh, it just messed things up and they couldn't rewind from it. So it's like oh, the whole no. concept about backing out or, or, or getting back to where you were beforehand, that's a fundamental of change management. So, um, and of course, ransomware is an unexpected change, so it wouldn't go through change <laughs> management, but I'm sorry, Absolutely. go ahead. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. That was kind of, that was kind of me wrapping up on that, that capability, but um, I would love to eventually get to a point where I know how they're doing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, even some of the, the people that are, have been in this industry for 20 years, they're Ryan, Ryan, especially, um, they're just, they're speaking on a different level. And I kind of equate it back to my linguist uh, roots. We have a test called the DLPT mm-hmm. and it's from one to five and it establishes your proficiency. I was a very good student. I was uh, one of the top of my class and I had a three in Arabic. Um, the, the, Gap from one to three is nothing compared to the gap from three to five. I'm not even a five in English because there's technicalities and things that you have to be familiar and capable of talking about that will bring you up to that level. John and Ryan are fives in cybersecurity, and I'm a one or a <laughs> point five. And so, so you, you, you kind of bring up where I was going to go back to and uh, uh, talk a little bit more about your 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 service experience and 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 thank you for your service appreciate that thank you. Um, thank you. and and um, what what about being 
boats in general in, in the Marine Corps and specifically what you were doing that you think might have given you an advantage or, or will help you in cybersecurity? And the reason why I ask this is that there's a, there's a lot of folks that are um, transitioned from military into cyber, and sometimes they have a little bit of a difficulty like making that transition. And I think part of it is being able to explain, this is what I did in the military, and this is why it's important to cyber. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? I think that's a great point. I've actually um, talked with a couple of my uh, Marine Corps colleagues that have been looking for jobs since then, and they're having a very hard time with what their resume looks like mm-hmm. and that equating to civilian equivalents. And I I think, to be honest, I think some of it is so hyper-specific to warfighting or warfighting efforts that for the people that I've talked to, I'm like, hey, you need to take a step back and maybe not go through the details of this, but be like, this is what I was capable of understanding and learning and the, the impact I was capable of making once I was, was able to understand what um, what it is I was supposed to do. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to do is, as far as what your question about the military, I think my biggest attribute from that is discipline, maturity, and um, working in a meritocracy where I could see hard work equating to more responsibility, but also um, either rank or privilege based off of that. And I think those kind of intangibles Mm -hmm. are, are what set the difference. And I think people need to do a better job of utilizing what the military gives as far as extra training, free extra training um, to kind of ease that transition into the civilian sector. Yeah. And I think also too, I, I always talk about the, you, you know, giving the what, but, but you need to give the, so what in, in and with the, had a conversation last week about this with regards to security metrics where um what are the best security metrics in in cybersecurity? Well, you could talk about like number of uh, EDR blocks, firewall hits, you know, so on and so forth. But you present those to like the board of directors. It's like, ah, I don't care. What does this mean to the business? And what I tell folks in the transitioning from the military is think less about the detail and more about what, what was, well, how did that impact the mission? You know, mm-hmm. to make sure that whatever it was you were doing was successful. It's, um, well, uh, certainly within... Um, information security too. One of the things that I've found is that in a big evangelist for is uh, physical fitness. And I, I think that you have to be able to take care of yourself to be the most effective you can. And obviously the uh, MMA fighting and the title boxing, uh, I can definitely, I can't relate with MMA. I can relate with title. Um, I, 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 I did do a little bit of that um, a couple of years ago, like right before COVID, and, you know, I, I, it was tough and I got done and the guy at the desk, I was doing the free freebie. And he's like, what'd you think? And I'm like, I don't know. I wish I could work up a sweat. And he's like, are you kidding? And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, of course I am. I'm having a heart attack here. you know. <laughs> but, but anyway, I digress, which I usually do. Um, physical fitness, as far as not only InfoSec, but just in general, from a career um, success and a career um, I don't want to say enhancement, but I guess just positioning you, you for success. What are your thoughts on that? I Well, one, I want to say for the um, title boxing, uh, even me when I was training to fight, when I took a title boxing class, and if you push yourself, there's 
the throwing the amount of punches and kicks that you throw within a 45 minute time block will exhaust anybody so okay okay well i feel good yeah, about that yeah. because i mean here i was about ready to like barf up a lung but it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we we would have we would have athletes from michigan state come in and they were just not ready for it's just a different type of working out it is like they're used it, to running and lifting and, yeah. and, and and I consider myself really great on cardio. I have a a high VO max. I I I run. I've run half marathons, full marathons, and it just it wiped me. And one of these days I'll go back, but I just can't like do it all. But um, yeah. So but so, as, as far as as far as fit, physical fitness, I think just the lessons that I've learned from the different the military physical fitness, soccer that I played in the past, uh, MMA, and even title boxing. Um, I think that the biggest thing for me one i think in the cybersecurity community when you're sitting behind a computer all day it's very easy to be like hey this is my job this is where i invest my time mm -hmm. um but with with fitness if you don't invest in your body eventually your mind will start to either play tricks on you or there's there's from my experience like if i'm not working out or if i'm not investing in my own physical fitness i experience some sort of depression whether it's a little bit or a lot um and I don't know how the chemicals work in the brain, but I do know that there's a certain amount of um, dopamine that's released mm -hmm. when you go on a run or when you lift or when you accomplish something and that it's not necessarily integral and directly to a job in, in cybersecurity, in my opinion. But I think that that allows you to have accomplished something that only you were responsible for. You're like, I'm going to get this done because I'm going to be disciplined and I'm going to mm -hmm. invest in myself because I understand long term that's important that sets you up, especially if you do it in the morning, it sets you up for the rest of the day. Just like the, um, the Navy SEAL that wrote the book, um, Make Your Bed Every Day or whatever. I, I don't know what the name of the book is. Um, but I know what you're talking about. You go, go ahead and say it though. Yeah, I, I can't remember his exact quote, but he said, if you make your bed every day, you've accomplished one thing and you've set yourself on the right path to yep. be able to accomplish the next thing. And it builds on each other. So small victories. And I think that with physical fitness, take out the part about you being healthy you living longer if you have a small victory in the morning or you have that small victory during the day you have this i have specifically the self-belief to go accomplish the next thing and the next thing and, and things aren't as intimidating when you break them down into steps i mean i think people sometimes think well that sounds so silly but it is so true and you you literally start out the day with a success and mm -hmm. keep on moving forward and then you just build on that and well, uh, physical fitness and doing all these activities certainly is one element for um, relieving stress, uh, as you are probably finding right now, and you're going to find as you go further in cybersecurity, it's a very stressful field. Is that the only thing you do to help relieve your stress? Have you not gotten to that point in stress yet? Or do you do something else to help relieve stress? Um, to be honest, I actually you kind of inspired me to start a podcast. So I just started doing that. And <laughs> I've I, never I'm heard so, anybody say that before. What's the name of your podcast? We actually don't have a name yet. Um, we did our first episode and we're like, Hey, if we make up a name right now, it's not, it may not feel right. As we start to find out what this podcast is. The first episode is called cat boy. Cause my son, it's his favorite uh, character in a cartoon that he watches. And we were just talking about being, parents and you know we were talking about everything we there's no real topic quite yet but um it's it's incredibly stress stress relieving to just get on there with somebody that you know and trust and then you can just talk about things in long form conversation which i feel like is lost in today where mm -hmm. everything's broken up into snippets and you have your your news bites and your sound bites and everybody's just paying for clicks 
And it's, it's, um, it's very nice to just be able to have conversations with people. So even in my job, just being able to have a 30 minute conversation instead of a LinkedIn message back and forth or an email. Um, it's for me as an extrovert, it's very um, relieves a lot of stress for me. Well, this gives me the chance to add another little plug for Anchor. Hey, have you tried Anchor yet? It's like, it's the best place to do podcasting. Anchor, really, I don't know if you've checked it out, but it really is decent. And um, I've been doing it for now about nine months on Anchor. I started this whole thing on YouTube. I, I absolutely love it. And and um, I actually, this will be the first time I'll say this too, because I haven't really promoted it, but I started actually a second podcast and it is actually has nothing to do with cybersecurity. It is the weekly Bible wrap-up, and it is talking about right. um, weekly Bible readings, what my summary is of that, and my thought of it, and uh, not promoting it yet, but just doing it, because I think the you build it, it'll come kind of like I got a little tap on the shoulder to do it, so good luck with your podcast, and let me know what the um, uh, title is uh, once you figure it out. It, um, the virtual CISO moment is taken. Sorry. Okay, all right. And, 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 and the Joe Rogan experience is taken, too, from what I understand. So uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think we'd get a whole lot of views if we're if we're side by side with those names. Um, but but yeah, I, I I can see why you love it. It's it's incredible. We already have a couple of people lined up to to talk with, and it's just I'm obsessed with people. I'm obsessed with people living different lives, having different experiences. That's one of the things the military gave me is an understanding that every single person has something different about their lives, even if they grew up in the exact same place with you. They may have different parents. They may have different experiences, school, anything. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm 26 now. And when I hit 25, I realized if I live to be 100, I'm a quarter of the way done. And that's a, that's a big moment for me. because I was like, this is fast. Everything goes fast. And there's so much I don't know. And there's so many people and experiences I, don't, I haven't had the opportunity to see yet. So, yeah, well, thanks for making me feel old. I just clicked <laughs> over 55. So I appreciate it. Yeah. So, so, so outside of the podcast, um, what plans do you have for advancing? I, I know you talked more about um, learning more in cyber and, and going down that path. What do you, what do you, where do you see yourself going in, in cybersecurity? Um, well, I, I saw a map of all the different possibilities and it just overwhelms me. Um, but to be honest, I think that with some fat, like right now I, I'm a cybersecurity evangelist for Halcyon. And I like that because I get the opportunity to meet people, hear what they're doing, tell them what we're doing. Um, eventually, I think I would like to have some facet of that, maybe in a more influential role where I'm, I'm talking with people about how we can help them, hearing how they can help and, and collaborating on ideas. Um, I read a little bit about um, what goes into being a CISO, what goes, goes into being, you know, the engineer route. And I think one of the things that's been consistent throughout my life is I love somewhere where there's a meritocracy, uh, somewhere where I can, I know that there's not a cap, um, that I can't work harder to, to exceed whatever that is. And that's, and it ended up being why I got out of the Marine Corps because I got promoted and they said, Hey, you got about at least two years till you can make more money. And I'm, I, for me, if I can find a job that complements my um, ability and desire to talk with people um, while also positively influencing the future of cyber, the cybersecurity industry, I love that. I love that it's the Wild West. I love that cybersecurity is not done being, people are still making up positions for themselves and it's mm -hmm. providing value. I think it's incredible. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I, I'd have to say, I guess my advice there, if, if I'm qualified to actually give advice, is to stay flexible. I never thought about being a CISO before. I never thought about going off and doing it on my own as an entrepreneur. But, you know, things happen sometimes. And, and certainly uh, when those opportunities came up, I, I was happy to, to, to make the leap. So, well, Joe, yeah. it has been absolutely a pleasure talking with you today. Um, appreciate you joining us. Um, and best of luck with the podcast and everything else. Thank you. Thank you. And you too. All right. Thanks, everybody. Stay secure.